Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Tartan Tabletop Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, you can do better than that. Yeah, it's Scotland's uh, newest live play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, or should I say actual play, because it won't be live when you're listening to it. What's, what's the correct term for um, this if anybody wants to chime in? I don't know. Actual play, yeah. Actual play. Yeah. We'll go with okay. actual play. I will be your dungeon master, as always, Josh Aitken. And with me, I have a, a motley crew of uh, scallywags and ne'er-do-wells. We have the wonderful Alex Bath. Uh, oh, I'm getting a little... <laughs> you just saw too much. I didn't expect that. Thank we you. We have the fantastic Lauren McColgan. Hello, hey. Lauren. That was a bit rubbish. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Yay, Lauren! <laughs> we have the mysterious Sam Stewart. Ooh. Why am I mysterious? <laughs> You're quite mysterious. And we have the sensual Niall Curran. <laughs> That's right, how we all ah! <laughs> That's just the fans outside that you can hear. Um, Partick is littered with fans right now. <laughs> but we're here recording live from Partick. Uh, a big shout out to the lovely Nicole for letting us use a flat. Um, yeah, we're back. Um, Thank you to anyone that's joining us from the fringe that came to see the show. Um, please keep supporting us. Keep giving us your money. Um, we would love <laughs> something to cut out in the edit. It's getting kept in. Um, yeah, cool. You can't see it, but Niall's got an amazing fit on. Uh, he looks like Seal. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. And without further ado, let's begin. Welcome to the Lonely Cosmos. Heavenly bodies float in the vast and empty void of the cosmos. White and radiant specks of light circle burning orange and red goliaths. Trails of purple mix with the blue of dust and atoms millennia older than any memory that is or ever was. Asteroids race and collide, flashes of brilliance exploding from the nothingness, then fading, as everything does. Peacefulness and balance disturbed by the jet engine roar of industry and the soul-shattering screech of interplanetary war. This world, these cosmos in which our story takes place is, or are, boundless. Millions of planets of all shapes and sizes colonised by generation upon generation of hopeful cosmonauts mapping the place most commonly regarded as the known. A wild place, governed by countless feudal lords and bloodthirsty corporations, millions of light years of constant war, bloodshed and destruction, planets swallowing other planets, cultures lost to the stars forever. Everything has its limits, however, even expansion itself. The edges of the known are marked by an impenetrable and volatile astral field, stretching infinitely high and infinitely wide, forming, as many scholars have discovered, a huge and perfect circle eh, known as the river. The one obstacle. The one obstacle, should I say. Everyone's been very quiet right now, I'm loving oh, it. Right. We're listening to the prose, it's nice. <laughs> it's like a bedtime story. It's a, a perfectly formed circle, a sort of uh, asteroid field uh, kind of storm around what's known uh, called the river. The one obstacle guarding the last big secret. 
the place never seen and only imagined. The out there. The space beyond that which is known. Many have tried to reach it and none have returned. Raging storms of dark and violent tornadoes batter around gargantuan crystalline rock, firing awesome bolts of golden and silver energy. The all-encompassing rules of whatever old and unfathomable beings lie within the river's tumultuous depths ring out. A lone ship, however, stands at its precipice. You can hear the excitement. So cut attention to a fucking bottom knife in there. <laughs> this is where our story begins. I wonder if there's going to be like sound effects. I'm just uh, thinking about You wonder, you're putting them in if they are. <laughs> you're like, will they just appear? <laughs> We've already had like 20 sound effects by this point already. Ah, it's just gasps and sighs and Niall fucking heavily breathing in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the, top, the old gods roaring. <laughs> right now Josh is listening to this in the studio going mad with his soundboard. Yeah, I've lost my fucking mind already. The party at the end of the world. Uh, that's what the hologram banners read aboard the yacht-class spaceship known as the Eclipse. Uh, high society socialites from a plethora of different planets and systems clink glasses and exchange revelries within the sleek black and chrome walls of this vessel. A very exclusive party, uh, only the highest echelon of society securing one of the limited invitations that the good Captain Orion sent out, as he does every other galactic solstice. Um, I know that doesn't actually scientifically make sense, you can't have a a, a space-wide solstice, that's not how that works, but it sounded cool. Um, (laughs) That's going to be a theme going forward. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things, I'm telling you right now, a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Roll with it. Only doesn't make sense for our world. Yeah, this is, if anything doesn't make sense, a wizard does it. Um, Goblin mobsters from the planet, (laughs) as it's pronounced in their tongue. Uh, Yep, gobsters, yeah, I should have read that. Um, (laughs) Rub elbows with autonome politicians. Um, Strange jellyfish-like creatures, descendants of flumps, smoke a hookah in a far corner of the room as astral elf and tiefling mingle by the multiple bars. A large balcony area with a dance floor and flashing multicoloured cubic lights overlooks the main, slightly classier party deck, Uh, but dwarfing all of it on the far end of the room, the viewing window, a gargantuan pane of reinforced glass making up the entire wall on the far side, pointed towards the epic view of the river. Despite the the real mix of sort of clans and creeds here, um, even some like warring factions, uh, the peace for the most part is usually kept during these sort of voyages and parties. All weapons are turned in upon boarding and stored in a heavily guarded cargo area known as the cloakroom. Um, we scan across the crowd, <laughs> smashing glasses and <laughs> hoots of laughter, the smell of cigar smoke and fine wine pungent in the air. Our heroes surely are somewhere among the rabble. Now I have written here, roll a d4 to see what order we introduce people in. Um, But if there's anyone specifically that would like to go first, feel free. No? (laughs) No, no, no. The silence in this room are deafening. I'm going to roll a d4 here because funnily enough there are four people. 
Okay. You're the DM. Just make it happen. I, uh, it's all smoke and mirrors, Sam. It is what I wanted to happen. It's all smoke and mirrors. You fell for his tricks. You fell for my tricksy ways. I am just going to do the order that I have wrote it to be in. Um, but for the sake of the audience, no, I'm not. Um, we cut across now to the main party floor as a young tabaxi waitress, which is a cat person um, for anyone that isn't a furry. Um, None of us. <laughs> well, so you say. Uh, she carefully carries a tray of champagne flutes through a crowd of sort of tuxedo-wearing dwarves, uh, the tops of their top hats uh, just about reaching her collarbones. Uh, cat calls, no pun intended, and whistles echo around her, but she keeps a sort of well-rehearsed smile on her face. Um, she sidles up to the bar um, and sits her tray down next to a man that rests there. Alex, if you could please describe your character. Uh, so I am a half-elf. I've got a sort of bushy moustache and um, stubble, um, kind of like how I do at the moment. It's November. Um, and uh, I've got like uh, purple skin, uh, greying hair, sort of shocks of grey through it, pushed back... Um, you know, push back, you know, sort of not very neatly, and I'm wearing a a tuxedo that looks like I bought it. You know, uh, in today's world, if I bought it like in the seventies or eighties, like I've had this thing for a while. Um, yeah, I'm uncomfortable in my suit. Um, I've not got, you know, my usual. Uh, when I say this, usual, I usually have a rifle slung over my back, and you know, there's a, I feel too light. I feel like I don't have it on me, and it's it's paining me a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking around and trying to look nonchalant, but I am there looking for someone. Oh, and uh, also, my name is Braxton Bellfire. Trying to look nonchalant. Um, just to get the roles out of the way, give me a little performance check. All right, yeah, yeah. First roll. First roll. No, Josh rolled that fake D4. <laughs> um, so I have a zero in charisma, and that is a two. <laughs> Sorry, you mean to go on? Eh? You couldn't look more chalant if you tried. <laughs> <laughs> you stand out like a sore thumb here. Um, you're sort of doing that thing where you're like trying to lean on the bar, but you like kind of get comfortable and you keep sort of like moving. I do the fucking only frozen horses and I fall through the bar. And <laughs> um, as you sort of try to get comfortable there, uh, you see this kind of tabaxi woman sort of clock you and start to move across. Um, as you sort of scan her, um, you don't get a look at her ID badge. Um, as you're already aware, as I've written here, but I haven't actually told you yet, um, you need to somehow gain access to a blue ID badge uh, as to commandeer a life vessel and get off the ship once your uh, job is complete here, uh, once your target as it is, is collected in a sense. Um, she approaches you with a flutter of her eyelashes and um, extends a hand towards her sort of silver tray and says, Moon Pain? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, yeah. Um, she hands you a little glass and she sort of hangs around and says, uh, well, it's not really Moon Pain, you know, uh, not, not technically. It has to be made specifically on a moon for it to be. Uh, <laughs> this is just a regular old sparkling white. <laughs> It'll do just fine. I don't need a, I don't need fancy Moon Pain, not for a fella like me. If, if you don't mind me saying, sir, uh, you don't quite fit into this crowd. Uh, what, what's your name? My name? Uh, well, uh, my name is uh, Greg Beak. 
Greg Beak. <laughs> I looked around the room. Josh had a Greg's earlier. <laughs> I could see the rapper, and I'm holding a Beak viral. So, wait, did you see? Wait, did you see Beak? Like Beak Beak? Is it there? Oh, I get he's French, though, right? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Beak? What the fuck? He's, it's a French company. It's B at Beck. All right, fine. Greg Beck. <laughs> Greg Beck. What a fantastic name Greg Beck is. Um, as she says to you, uh, you get a little look at her now and you see her ID badge is actually a yellow one and not a blue one uh, like you would need. Um, she sort of glides a little bit closer to you. Um, roll me an insight check. That's something I'm better at. Uh, that's a 22. 22. Um, she's eyeing you up. Um, as she gets closer, you catch a scent of a perfume, uh, patchouli and rose, uh, which is actually a scent of a candle I had in my room while I was writing this. <laughs> I don't know what women's perfume smells like. King. <laughs> I'm an incel. <laughs> she gets closer to you. And she says, uh, you know, I uh, finish in about an hour. Well, uh, unfortunately, that's when I start, so, uh... I have no context at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the main character. I say weird things out of context and she, expect you to understand them. She goes, Oh, you're so funny! And it knocks over, like, a, a sort of glass next to her, um, and it crashes to the ground, but on your shoes, like, oh, well, I, I'm so sorry. Um, as she says that, you get a sort of scuttle of feet uh, behind you, uh, as you turn to see a, a large a bugbear uh, come stomping through the ground. Now, for those that don't know, a bugbear um, isn't a bug or a bear. Uh, it's just a big sort of goblin-y looking fucking guy. Like a massive goblin, think about that. Um, he crashes through the crowd. He says, uh, Tabitha, I don't pay you to purr in the ear of our guests. I pay you to hand out drinks and occasionally cough up a furball or two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she says, uh, yes, Mr. Roy, sorry, Mr. Roy, and she sort of uh, smiles at you and sort of starts to pick up the broken glass, and he says, uh, now, get out of here, and he turns to you and says, well, I'm sorry for my lord of a waitress intruding on your evening, Mr. Uh, Mr. Big. Not Beak? <laughs> Well, I thought it was Beak, <laughs> but apparently I was mistaken. Uh, I go to shake his hand. Is he wearing a blue badge? Roll my perception check. Uh, 10. That's a 10. 10. Um, you just get a sort of glimpse of it, sort of inside his lapel. Um, it looks like it is blue. Mm. Okay. I am going to... I'm gonna ask him. Uh, have you got anything I can uh, clean my shoe here with? Or... Yes, of course, uh, Joffrey. Uh, as he clicks his fingers, and a little uh, robot bartender uh, comes over with some uh, handkerchiefs and gets down gonna, and starts like wiping do, do the a sort of like arm round uh, the bugbear, like pat him on the chest, like you are too good, Mister. Try and uh, roll me a sleight of hand check. That is a. Uh, 13. A 13? Um, on a 13, it's a bit clumsier than you would have liked. Um, I'm going to roll a little check for him. It's not clean enough that you yeah. just get away with that. Um, okay. You pat him on the shoulder and sort of slide your hand in there and grab it. And as you do, you sort oh, of... Sorry, like, so I'm going to grab water. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Shandon then grab it. Um, two of my man, inside his lapel, inside his uh, jacket, uh, and grab his sort of name card that's tagged in there. As you do, you sort of drag your hand across his chest, sort of unknowingly. This is. I finish in about an hour. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's when I start. <laughs> I have no context. <laughs> um, as he sort of looks at you and he says, Well, sir, on behalf of the, the crew of the Eclipse, we offer our sincerest apologies. Uh, if you'd please uh, show me your hollow ticket, I would be happy to deposit a hundred drink tokens on there, free of charge, of course. Do I have a hollow ticket? Uh, you do, but it's not under the name you gave. Oh, why would I say, Vic? <laughs> um, uh, you know, that's quite all right, sir. I'm actually a... Uh... I'm flying tonight. Why? Where, what, where? Where are you flying? No, I mean I'm a flying. As if like I'm on drugs. <laughs> I don't know fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, please, sir, I would have to insist. I, I'd feel awful. Well, I tell you what. If you find my wife, uh, you can put them on her. She'll, she'll be mighty delighted with that. Uh, what would your wife's name be? Hey, what's the name of my hollow card? Uh, the name on your hollow card is um, a man's name, um, Ronald Button. Um, okay, uh, it's, a, it's a Mrs. Button. If you, if you find her, you I've not seen her in all night, but if you find her, you tell her that she can have those drinks, okay? Thanks very much, mister. Not a problem at all. Um, he fixes his coat and starts to walk away. Uh, what would you like to do? Um, just like move somewhere away from where the direction he went like just yeah. try and mingle in the crowd a little bit cool um are you trying to like sort of hide and blend in yeah hide like... from him a little bit blend in and i also want to be on the lookout uh for my target um roll me a stealth check as you just sort of try to blend into the crowd that is a 14 14 you you know seamlessly sort of blend into the crowd uh, you've done this you know a million times there's hundreds of people here of all sort of different shapes and sizes. It's quite easy for you to sort of slip away. Um, as you slip in there, um, you feel a sort of buzz in your ear um, from your little earpiece in your ear. Um, just statics coming through. It seems like there's some sort of interruption in the transmission. Is that you, Ro? Nothing comes through. That's good. You can Let's roll me an uh, intelligence check and try and fix that. Um, just a straight 11. On an 11, you tweak around with that and then silence. And then all you hear is... <laughs> this like deep, sort of guttural laugh and then it cuts back to static. Bro, is that you? Come in, bro. We cut away uh, from uh, Alex there, uh, and we cut now uh, to the boogie balcony, uh, sort of overlooking the cocktail party below. It sort of has all the sort of lights flashing and stuff like that as a uh, thumping electric music pulses through the crowded dance floor. That sweaty alien bodies uh, rub against each other, uh, moving in rhythm with the uh, colourful strobe lights. It sounds like. A wet dream of Niles. Um, a thrycreen sort of bug man uh, wearing a backwards cap and a big gold chain stands behind the DJ decks, uh, sort of using all four of his arms to spin like multiple discs all at once. Um, 
leaning against the railing, almost blending in with the wires and components of the many speakers and lighting rigs. Lauren's character. Lauren, if you could please introduce your character for us. Yeah, I'm playing the Robust 9000. She is basically a yassified space robot. Um, if you can imagine, basically a sex doll made out of metal. She's got like gigantic metal tits and like <laughs> <laughs> a big like red mouth. Um, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> she's a Um Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, you are here um, because we didn't actually touch on that uh, with your sort of partner Alex. You've been trying to contact each other. Braxton and Rowe. Set Braxton and Roe um, on the same mission as we sort of cut across um, as Braxton had been trying to contact you, you do start to feel a sort of buzz in your sort of built-in earpiece um, I'm going to ask you to roll an intelligence check with advantage uh, to try and fix that That's just 13 I think 13. Oh no, 14. 14 On a 14 you're able to sort of, this is like a built-in component of your body um, so you're easily able to sort of fix what was wrong and regain the signal as you two now have like an open comms link uh, between each other as that sort of clicks into place. Uh, Ro, I think uh, I think maybe the manager man, Fancy Pants Bugbear, might be on to me a little bit, but I managed to get his, uh, his pass, his blue pass. Good job, whore. <laughs> Ro, we've spoken about this. I, I, we're going to have to have a little look at your programming system for your language and your vernacular, you know uh, but anything, thanks for saying it was a good job. Uh, you got any sign of Petey? Uh, roll my perception check. That is... Just 14. 14. Um, you have a scan around the room. It's very, very sort of busy. Um, you see a number of things um, that I would like you to see for story purposes. <laughs> um, you see, first and foremost, just near you, um, by the sort of DJ decks, a sort of engineer uh, with a large sort of mech suit on. That's taking a lot of attention. He's in this big like robot suit. Like moving speakers around um, in front of the DJ, sort of cut the music a little bit, and it's very, very distracting. Um, he's got this like huge, like sort of piston thing. Like you ever see like Alien, where she wears that like yellow, yeah. that that she, he's wearing that. I wonder if that will come into play later on. Um, you sort of search high and low through the crowd away from this, uh, and as you scan the dance floor with your sort of lens eyes, uh, they fall upon a booth at the far corner of the room. Um, it's hard to see the pulsing light, but you do see one plasmoid woman sitting at the end of the booth. The other people in the booth are obscured by a pane of sort of fogged glass, but you can see the silhouette of three other people. Uh, what would you like to do? Do I recognise this as Petey? Um, that is not Petey. You can roll me a history check if you want. It's 14 again. On a 14... Plasmoids all look the fucking same, man. They're all like... Bro, whoa, hey, oh, hey, oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We were all thinking it. Um, no, they, you know, other than what they wear, generally speaking, this is this is a goo person. This goo person has the clothes on, uh, has, like, feminine clothes on, so you assume it's probably not Peter. But, you know, who it is, hard to say. PT not acquired. <laughs> well, uh, we keep looking, all right? Uh, what's your location? What, is it, what would this be called, then? It's just the... 
we're up where you are. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling it the boogie balcony. Um, <laughs> it's sort of just the ba- the club floor balcony above the sort of main cocktail floor. Boogie balcony, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll reconvene with you later on up there then, okay? Uh, bitch. Um, as you sort of look across, bitch, um, you see that plasmoid woman and something about her keeps catching your attention other than the fact that her little sort of like suit that she has on is very traditionally gangster it's sort of pinstriped and there's like a red uh, flower on that um you do see the flash uh, of a laser pistol sort of tucked into the back of a uh, a sort of like trousers that they've got on um so the the weapons are like meant to not they've been taken off yeah it doesn't meant to have been confiscated hmm Maybe I'll, yeah, I'll just try do like my best impression of a, a human, not literally, but I'll go up and try and make sort of conversation. Cool. You start sort of making your way across. As you cross the dance floor, sort of reach the centre of it, um, and as you hit that sort of centre of the floor, the record playing scratches to stop as the crowd begins to part in a circle around you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the DJ pulls a mic to his mouth and he goes, All right! <laughs> it's the moment you've all been waiting for the dance off at the edge of the world! Who will take the crown from our reigning champion, Hip Thrust? Uh, as you see, <laughs> a small uh, gnome with a man bun uh, and nothing on but golden spandex pants. <laughs> Um, sort of like minces his way to the centre of the circle um, the DJ speaks up as a spotlight sort of falls on you and he goes and it appears we have our first challenger um, what would you like to do this as is... the beat kicks and it goes <laughs> Ro you're not supposed to be drawing attention to yourself this is definitely her shit like <laughs> um, I think as soon as she sees this guy she's like I'm going to eat him alive <laughs> do you want a? do you want a like jump in first and try to dance before him or are you going to let him go first? I'm going to jump in first. Yeah, yeah. Roll me a performance check. Oh no. Yeah, that's a seven. Oh no. <laughs> a seven. Um, what do you think that you attempt to do here like in terms of like your sort of moves here? <laughs> I would like for her to sort of go onto her head like her arms are going to her body and she spins like sort of doing like a head spin. You go down into a head spin on a seven. Um, you go to bring your arms in and they like jam <laughs> and like sparks start flying out of that um, and you just kind of fall into a sort of heap on the ground and um, as hip thrust sort of pulls some <laughs> pulls some uh, it's like sunglasses out from like somewhere in his spandex pants puts them on his it's time to get thrusted, baby. <laughs> uh, as he does a perfect head spin, I'm going to roll just to make sure, uh, but he does roll with advantage because it's hip thrust, baby. Um, he doesn't do much better than you. Um, he goes into a head spin, the sparks from your thing fly uh, sort of into his face and it throws him off as you both now lie in a heap on the floor. Um, because you both rolled shit, there's no winner here so far. You can try again yeah, if you want. Yeah, yeah, she's going to try again. You can pick yourself up and slay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, much better. That's 19. 19. Um, what do you do? Oh, gosh. She's going to do, like, just a full-on, like, hip-hop, like, routine, like... You're, like, popping and locking. Yeah. She's, like, her arms are, like, obviously she's a robot. You know when people sort of, like, does, like 
disconnect their like arms yeah, yeah, yeah. and their body. It's like doing that, but obviously she's a robot. So, like you're like crumping so fucking hard. Yeah. You're doing it hard, bro. The whole crowd's gone fucking wild. Like, Whoa! I am not going wild. Hip thrust is not look fucking happy. He's gonna make a fucking attempt to save this here. Um, uh, he does not. He rolls a four. He goes into a death drop and fully cracks his head open. <laughs> <laughs> a real death drop as he falls and takes a whole load of damage as the record spins. Uh, and the DJ says, uh, wicka, 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 what? It looks like we have a new champion! Uh, as everyone sort of rushes in and lifts you into the air and stuff like that. <laughs> any cover or any stealth advantage you might have had going forward in your mission? Gone. Alex is very happy about this. Braxton Bellfire is not happy about this. You hear and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Slaying, bitch. <laughs> Slay the mission. <laughs> um, as you uh, sort of are placed into it and stuff, like hip thrust gets up, sort of spits onto the ground, and it's like a, he's got no right coming in here, little mama, beating me at what hip thrust does best. And he like, spits some blood out on the floor. He says, what do you know about dancing, huh? Dancing takes heart and soul. Two things a robot can never have. Oh, my. God. They spit something out. Yeah. <laughs> and Hip Thrust is gone until I decide to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, he comes out for you for revenge. Yeah. As he uh, disappears into the crowd, he does a sort of little like scamper out. Like, <laughs> he like minces his way out. Like, She's um, like, that's what I thought, bitch. <laughs> as he leaves. As you're hoisted into the air, uh, you actually get a better view into that booth. Uh, and you roll my perception check. Uh, that's five. Five. Um, on a five. <laughs> Blinded by the boogie. <laughs> Blinded by the lights of fame. Um, you see three plasmoids. You can't really make them out. Um, but you think the odds of one of them being Petey are pretty high um, because you've not seen any other plasmoids on this ship. And at that, we're going to cut away from you, Lauren. And we're going to cut now the floors, hallways, and walkways uh, of the ship that don't make up the main party floor. This is a large vessel that takes a committed crew to man and keep running efficiently. Above all else, however, it is kept sparkling clean. By order of Captain Orion, the entire yacht should be able to be safely eaten off of at all times. And that's actually written on like some of the like little staff like announcement things, and you see like officers like will just randomly take their dinner and eat it on the floor and shit. <laughs> um, as you can imagine, uh, the janitorial staff for this are like hugely overworked uh, and often employing sort of new members of the team. This journey was no exception, and as we bounce around the sort of white metallic corridors, we arrive on the bridge deck, lonely and quiet as the crew members sort of party below and tend to other things. Lonely, that is, save for one person. A young janitorial new start mopping quietly at the end of the room. Sam, if you'd please introduce your character. So, my character is called Sky, and presently they are not dressed how they would normally be dressed. They're dressed like a janitor, almost as if they work here. Um, but they do have really funky, long, sort of brown hair with some cool sort of braids in it, like all over their face and like some fancy, I don't know, space braids. I feel like that one of those like fucking like white dudes with braids, like 
<laughs> your college trip. Um, roll me a perception check as you're sort of, you know, in your own little world. Oh, two out of four is six. Six. Um, you're in your own little world here. You're sort of enjoying, you know, the time alone. You don't often get time alone uh, on this ship. You know, you're always working with sort of your crotchety sort of manager, Mr. Manager. <laughs> God, Mr. Manager is the genius. worst. <laughs> See that Mr. Manager, he's always on the back. <laughs> Mr. Manager says this, Mr. Manager says that. <laughs> you, Tom, um, after maybe like an hour of like doing this sort of cleaning, doing things, um, and for the first sort of time, you know, you've looked about this whole room, but the first time you really take in the incredible view um, of space that's before you. So it's all of the, the river. The, the storm that separates you from the known, uh, you know, to whatever lies beyond that. Um, you see writhing colours and comets, things, both solid and not, move and collide almost in rhythm as flashes of iridescent light crackle and pop like firing neurons. Uh, you look across the room and you see that placed in the centre, staring into that sort of abyss, is the captain's chair. Empty. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in that chair. Ooh. I'm just gonna like mopping over towards the chair. Nothing to see here. Just a quick look back that way. Quick look back that way. Oops, I'm in the chair. You sat in the chair, um, and as you sort of oh, sit down, take it all in. You get comfortable. Uh, you see, sort of little it's a side table next to it, almost uh, a white naval captain's hat rests there. Put the hat on. Of course, of course you do. Uh, you put the hat on. Um, what are you thinking about right now? What are you feeling? This, this is it. This would be nice. Oh, to not have to be a janitor and be back doing what I should be doing. As you say that, you sort of catch a reflection in the window, sitting in this chair, and you look. You look taller. You look broad in this chair with a hat on. You look like a hero. Almost. Just whispers to himself like, ah, oh, pretty hot. <laughs> um, roll me another perception check. Here we go. Better than a four. Better than a four. Seven. Seven. Better than a four. Roll with advantage if you want. If you want. <laughs> because I want you to. Um, hey, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Thank Ooh. God. Um, you sort of look at the little table with the hat had been on um, there's sort of just like a slew of paper there you don't like I don't know if you're the type of character that would just look through someone else's post I'm as nosy as the next guy <laughs> you are the as far as anyone's concerned right now you're the captain you know in your head you're sitting here in this chair you've got a hat on why wouldn't I look at the captain's papers they're my papers they're your papers um, you see a slew of sort of like final notice bills um, also what appears to be a failed health and safety check uh, stating that the structural integrity of some of the viewing windows is below code. Um, you also see, yeah, right. You also see a sort of strange-looking, like leather journal. Um, the name on the front of it simply being Icarus. Do I, from my first day on the job, have I met anyone called Icarus? Uh, from your first day on the job, no, you have not. No. 
You've never even heard of anyone that was on this ship called Icarus. Let's have a. Let's just, just look at the first page of the journal. Just the first page. You just look at the first page, um, and it is filled with just nonsense, just like ravings and scribblings. Not even to the extent where it's like, I'm just struggling to read this. It's like it's like random words. It seems smushed together and symbols and ravings. And a quick flick through some other pages and it's the same the same you after one quick look at the the first page immediately find yourself flicking through to the the last page (laughs) uh, and see that all pages seem similar there are different things written on it it seems like there's some sort of like ongoing narrative almost like it doesn't it's not the same on every page but oh i don't know who this is but it must be a loon it would seem so um, as you sit there, is there anything else you'd like to do while you're sitting in this chair? Just go back to the view one more time. Feel like, oh. You settle back into that view, and then you hear a voice from behind you say, Beautiful, isn't it? Uh, immediately, like, upright, sweeping the floor again. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, isn't that gorgeous? Isn't it? Yeah, I was just like back stepping away from the chair, not even properly looking at like whoever it was that was speaking. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, ah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just turn around and see you. <laughs> you turn around and see him like just standing in your sort of way, uh, the sort of broad figure uh, who of who can only be Captain Orion, the captain of the ship, uh, a large orcish man with slicked back red hair and a thick sort of red beard. Um, he wears a pristine white naval uniform. He sort of looks at you and he chuckles and he says uh, that fits you well son as he kind of gestures to the hat still on your head. <laughs> oh! Uh, <laughs> captain! F- fancy seeing you here up here uh, in, in the captain's chair and everything. Uh, wow. What a coincidence. Uh, it would be coincidental wouldn't it that I would be in my own bridge? Yeah, yeah it's very good. You're over the party and everything. I thought you'd be down having a wee drink or two. Eh... <laughs> uh, You'd probably be wanting this back. I'll just like, hand over the captain's hat. And uh, thanks for the compliment. Uh, looks pretty good on you too. See ya. He takes the hat off you. He sort of laughs like he doesn't look, you know, angry or anything. He's sort of like, <laughs> sit. Please, by all means. You, you sure? He nods. Leaps back into the captain's You're in there. Like a shot, you're straight back into the chair. Is he I'm like, here, hold this and hand on the mop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. You're funny. And he drops the mop on the floor um, and walks over to the sort of large uh, glass window uh, that sort of looks out into the river. Says, um, Tell me, son, have you ever wondered what's out there beyond what's known, I mean? Oh, I mean, who hasn't, eh? Beyond literally everything we know. Well, you wouldn't be wrong. Sometimes I wonder maybe it's more of the same. I don't know. That would be pretty boring. I mean, it could be anything. That you, I think it's what is in here, and that's something, something different, new. Things we, like things that would make our minds like explode. <laughs> Tell me, how does a, a bright young upstart such as yourself, end up working as part of a, a janitorial crew on my ship. Oh, you know, you've got to tread the boards someday, you got to, or mop the boards, as it were. Uh, you know, mm. eh, 
how, how could I explain to you, a captain, the notion of poverty? Well, as as offensive as that is, <laughs> I'm I'm poor, Captain. I'm poor. I don't have a lot of money. I'll do anything. Humble beginnings, so they say. You know, you you remind me of someone I once knew, a bright young boy with his head in the clouds and a dream, a dream to be the cosmonaut captain of the largest leisure vessel in the world. Do you know who that young boy was? No, but that is that is some dream. Yeah, well, that young boy's dead. <laughs> it was a kid I shot back in space Vietnam. Listen to me, kid, and he turns around and he says, uh, you can have all the dreams in the world, but that don't mean deadly squat if you ain't got the balls to kill for them, okay? And he looks right up in your face. Why are you so aggressive all of a sudden, Captain? Here, I've got something for you. As he sort of reaches, he's like, he's like inside. I pocket. just like hands up, like don't shoot me, don't shoot me, whatever you do. I'm <laughs> sorry, I sat in the chair. <laughs> uh, he hands you a, a strange, uh, glowing compass uh, with writing in a language you've never read before, scrawled all over it. He puts it in your hand um, and puts his sort of meaty hand on your shoulder and looks you dead in the eye, and he says, uh, "How would you feel about being my little helper?" <laughs> uh, I'm listening. I don't know what you thought from me, like oh, no, sitting no, no, in your no, chair no, or anything. No, 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 no. It's okay. No, like no judge, no judge. But I just it's not what I'm into. Uh, I mean, like an assistant of sorts. Not, not, not. You know, not, not like that. I can see your face. Not like that. An assistant who's good at keeping secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. We're we're straight back there again, Captain. Uh, listen, you are a handsome man. I love the beard and the red hair combo. It's great, but... You think it works? Yeah, yeah I do, actually. So it's very I nice. feel like it's weird against the white suit. No? No, very striking. No. Red and green, white. It's like Christmas every day. Uh... What's Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> oh, we have Christmas back on my home planet. It's nice. I'll take your word for it, kid. And he reaches into his inside pocket and pulls out a small sort of grey computer chip. And he hands that to you. And he says, "Now I can't remember if you said uh, I can't remember if you said yes to being my personal assistant, but I'm assuming you did because it makes the plot go forward. Uh, head to the boogie balcony." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm just gonna start stand for a second. I've got like a big weird compass in one hand and a, a little computer chip in the other. And it's like, uh, sorry, what? Those two things don't go together. The, the compass is a gift. The computer chip uh, is part of a job. Uh, I need you to go to the boogie balcony right now. Uh, there's a few heavies waiting in a booth. Uh, one of them's the leader. You can't miss them. He's made entirely of goo. Uh, give him this chip and tell him this. Daddy Orion still has his belt. Do it quickly. <laughs> Again, Mr. Captain, sir, I, I see what you're putting down here. I'm not interested, but... Oh. That's not what I mean. It's not something weird, okay? Okay. Do it quickly. His life very may well depend on it. All right, well, we should go and have it. Dismissed! <laughs> okay. He's still like, he's still like maybe two inches from your, <laughs> from your face. I'm just gonna like, like, put the compass, like, in a janitor's pocket and, like, 
like sort of try and pry the mop from out of his hands. Uh, he oh no, wait, he threw it. He threw it in the ground. Yeah, gonna, like take a step back and like slowly just yeah, grab the mop. Yeah, yeah, and just be like, okay. He hasn't blinked the whole time. Head in the general direction of the, the boogie deck. The boogie balcony. The boogie balcony. <laughs> the balcony. Love it. I'm going to head towards the boogie balcony. You're going to get mixed up with the dance deck. <laughs> You're going to get mixed up with the party deck. It's the boogie balcony. They all sound like fucking locations in Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, as we cut away uh, from Sky there, as you make your way, um, down um, into the sort of party area of the ship. Um, we cut across now to the sort of place that we've all been talking about, the private booth in the corner of the boogie balcony area. Uh, a cosy little round table with purple leather seating around it. A fogged glass panel slightly shields the flashing and colourful lights, but lets enough in to sort of illuminate the faces of four plasmoid uh, people. Plasmoids, of course, being uh, featureless sort of anthropomorphic goo folk um, wedged into the centre of the booth behind the table. Um, we see Niall's character. Niall, if you could please describe your character for us. Hello there. I am going to be playing today P.T. the Plasmoid. P.T. or as uh, his family name is known as the Academoid family. He's a high-up lieutenant in the Academy family, and he's wearing a three-piece pinstripe suit with a large black overcoat over it. Um, he usually is in goo form, but when he's around other humanoids to try and fit in a bit better, he will, you know, form some limbs and a head and give himself human-like features. So he's kind of he's very tall. He's about six foot four. He likes to kind of stand over everyone. It's a fantasy, it's a fantasy game, fantasy, people. Fantasy. <laughs> Niall can be anyone he wants, and it's a, it's a tall, Who's handsome tall? goo, man. <laughs> and he's got a very, very big cigar sticking out of his mouth, and he's just looking back over the party and just relaxing. You are sort of wedged between two sort of much larger plasmoid men, uh, both with like big pinstripe suit jackets uh, they're sort of rippling like the jackets ripple sort of like an expensive waterbed uh, on their bodies um, your clothes I've put a note here your clothes are just constantly wet there's always a little bit damp um, from your sort of goo always body always talcum powder <laughs> constantly covered in talc um, the guy on your left you know is a made man uh, his name is Sludge Hammer um, the seat sort of creaks under his immense weight as he shifts slightly. And the guy on your right, however you don't know too well, um, you've seen him sort of hanging around the family estate over the past couple of weeks, uh, but you have never uh, heard his name being said. Um, but sitting across from you um, is someone you do know very well, uh, the familiar figure of your sister, Mucasetta, um, um, she adjusts the red flower on her dark black lapel slightly and takes a, a steady draw from her lit purple cigar. Um, the smoke, by the way, visibly, visibly dissipating sort of through her goo body. Um, I feel like we had this discussion briefly, Niall, about um, plasmoids and like gender and like how that works. This is a very forward-thinking uh, community where they just decide at birth there's no... 
you know, there's no organs in it, and they're just all goo. A few weeks after they're born, they have time to kind of like sit and you know explore different things. They decide themselves what they want to be. So it's quite yeah, it's quite it's quite a nice thing. Um, they haven't said a word to you since you sat down. They're just sat in silence and taking little sips from the you know drinks, taking drawers from the cigars. What would you like to do? Um. I'm going to uh, very awkwardly. I'm going to try and get up to get another drink. As you try to get up, um, you can see a gesture as a hand, and you feel sludge uh, push you back down into the seat. And she says, uh, "Hey, brother, what's the hurry?" Carmen. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong name. I called you by my hamster's name. That's another story. I'm highly offended. Lucas said, "I listen. I'm very." thirsty and I want another drink <laughs> I don't appreciate you pushing me down under the seat I need you to understand the hierarchy of this family and <laughs> I don't think you get it I don't think you get it I need you to let me pass if you needed a drink brother why didn't you just say you needed a drink because yes. I'm a grown ass class boy and I can get myself a drink alright I don't need I don't need, I don't need where is all this animosity coming from jeez deep inside my soul <laughs> All right, Mukasena, deep inside, all right? You want a drink, I'll get you a drink. No, I want to get myself a drink. Well, I, I'm getting you a drink. You're getting me a drink. I'm getting you a drink. You're going to drink it? You're going to drink it. What the fuck it. do you think I'm going to do with a drink? I don't know. Um, as she sort of pours from a decanter, um, a slightly like less gooey substance, but still is a bit viscous, and sort of slides across the table. Downs it in one. Another. Are you sure? Well, I have fucking asked for another drink, but then want another drink, huh? Jeez. Okay, she uh, pulls you another drink. She, in fact, she just slides the bottle across. Well, <sighs> said I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, uh, you know, I... It's difficult being in this form. You know, the suit is clinging to me. It's touching, touching all of my goo, and I don't like it. It feels weird. I just... All I want to do is form back into a big blob and just, you know... You know when you get to when you're in your blob form. Oh, well, I know, I know. And then like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm gonna stretch really far, and then you like kind of just let yourself lie flat <laughs> on the floor like a rug. I want to do that, uh, and I can't do that here because people do. What the fuck is this gooey rug on the floor? And I can't do that. And I, I like to have options. <sighs> yeah, I know what you mean. It feels good. Rugs feel good. Yeah, I do it too. I'd do it too. It's nice. It's very relaxing. It's very soothing. I enjoy it. She sort of settles in um, and she looks at you and she says, uh, Hey, Petey, uh, do you, uh, you remember that time Dad took us to the hamster trick? Yeah. Your dad was, he was, he was bad for the hamsters. I tell you. <laughs> hey, or the hamsters were bad for him, huh? Oh, you can say that again. You can- <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he gave us uh, how much was it? Ten, ten credits each. Ten credits each. Ten credits each. Uh, how much? How much did you lose? <laughs> Certainly more than I gained. Ah, uh, you can say that again. He says. Uh, he said. I remember it now. He said, "Back a winner." <laughs> what, what was the name of your one again? <sighs> Speedy. Ah, uh, Speedy, the fastest. The fastest, slow, <laughs> the slowest hamster in all of the hamster. It was sad. They shouldn't have done Speedy like that. You know, he had a few more good races in him. I really loved that hamster. You know, 
I remember when Dad would take us back to the stables, you know, behind the behind the track, and we get to see the see all the hamsters. And I always loved Speedy. Speedy would always come right up to me, and he'd always, you know, nuzzle my hands, trying to get walnuts and other things. And he was always. <laughs> I like zoned out. I was just enjoying that so much. <laughs> That's fake memory. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, he was always so nice, you know, the way that he nuzzled and the way that he just kind of, he, he had the nicest coat, you know, and to put him down like that after after such a bad paw break, you know, it's it was sad. Well, the doctor said it, you know, it would have healed in a week's time or whatever. But, but he couldn't race the next day. He couldn't uh, race you know, the next day. You know how it is with the hamsters. That, that's, that's why I rescued my hamster, Carmen. You know, she she's fast. She's fast, but she didn't have the heart of a racer, you know. She was a free spirit. She would run by herself, but never with the other hamsters, you know. How's she doing down in the cargo hold? she okay with that? I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. She likes to be free. She doesn't like to be caged up and locked away. Hopefully, she's got enough walnuts and she's happy, you know. Who told you that, that that hamsters eat walnuts? I I've never heard another hu- another not a human being a plasmoid being anyone feeding hamsters walnuts. Well, one day I had walnuts and I gave I gave Carmen walnuts. Are they not supposed to have walnuts? I don't know. I feel like that's not gonna be something. Sludge, that's good. Ham- sludge, come here. Huh? <laughs> Do me a favor. Huh? Could you go uh, look up whether or not uh you know hamsters are supposed to have walnuts? For context, this is actually freaking Niall out because he has a pet hamster. Yeah, and he's probably fed it walnuts a bunch of times. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite worried. <laughs> I'm just saying that's to fuck with you. Um, Sludgehammer reaches into his own body uh, and pulls out a big encyclopedia, just uh, a picture of a hamster in the front, and just starts diligently looking ah, through yeah, that. Hamsterpedia. Boo! Uh, Sludgehammer doesn't really talk. You've never known him to say words. Um, as Mukaseta starts talking again, she goes, nah, I remember uh, we were at the, the, the trek. Uh, mine's, uh, my hamster was a Sergeant Pimpsqueak. Uh, some shit like that. Uh, <laughs> I remember we got we got real excited. We got our star pop, uh, our little candies, and uh, bang, the laser went off, and, and, and they were off. And that fucker, that piece of shit, our father, like he planned it all along, grabs us by the scruff, of our call as well. Your caller. I had pigtails then and that was easier for him. And dragged us outside. And we kicked and we screamed and we said, Papa, what about the race? What gonna, if we I'm going to miss it run. I'm going to miss it right, run. But this isn't fair, Papa. And he said, do you remember what he said to us? Yeah, I remember. Sometimes in life, no matter how much thought and planning you put in, no matter how badly you want it, you don't get to see the end. <laughs> What do you think he meant by that? Well, uh, considering he died a couple months later of a massive uh, gooey coronary, um, you know, I think that's what he meant. You know, he he built up such a big family, and <laughs> as, a, as a too bad to say, gookymia. <laughs> <laughs> the gookymia got him in the end, and uh, he never got to see what we became. He never got to see. Everything that you did with yourself, Mr. Said, I never got to see all the business and all the diversification that I'd made within the family business. He never got to see that. And that was his end. His end was seeing us be successful and start to make our way up the family. And he never got to see that. And good, fuck him. He was an asshole. Polly, yeah. 
polyacatamoy, polydiplasmoy, whatever the fuck you want to call him. He was not a nice guy. Okay? And I don't want you to think any different. Okay, Mukasera? Yeah. She reaches across the table and pulls you another shot of Uzo. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, she she takes a, a drinking shot. She cheerses you. To Polly. To Pop. Rest in peace, yeah. Um, as you drink, she reaches into her sort of back pocket and lays a laser pistol down on the table in front of her and just stares at you. Oh, what the fuck? <sighs> We're not as strong as we used to be, brother. You know that, I know that. Piece by piece, our enemies pick us apart. And soon, all that will be left is a pile of bones, metaphorically speaking, because we don't have bones. I like, like puddles. Yeah, like, you know, puddles of puddles. Puddles of puddles. <laughs> this deal with the dust runners, it, it could save us. Whether you agree with it or not, you know in your heart of hearts, it's what Dad would have wanted. You know for a fact that a plasmoid's natural enemy is anything extra dry. <laughs> <laughs> These dust runners, they are gonna fuck us up. They're gonna fuck us over. I can guarantee it. I'll do anything, Petey, to keep this family alive. Anything. So will I. I you know? And I hope we can do that together. You know, we can continue to run things. I can continue to run things. And you can continue to help me run things. The family needs a unanimous vote, Petey. Then you're the only one holding out. The only one. And she puts her hand on the gun. And she says, uh, I'm sorry, brother. Sometimes you don't get to see the end. What would you like to do? Um, obviously she was able to sneak a weapon in there. Uh, would I have been able to put my handgun inside my torso? <laughs> Roll me a sleight of hand check. Um, would it be a sleight of hand? Roll sleight of goo. Roll me. Um, Roll me an intelligence check to have had the foresight to have put something in you. Uh, intelligence. That is going to be a twenty-five. Twenty-five. You have a full automatic rifle in fact any weapon whatever your best weapon is in your character sheet is just in your body right now um, your cassette I want you to know something that I uh, I understand you know we've been running things for so long since pop died Look, I, I, I wanted us to come up here and do this today because I wanted to give you a gift. I wanted to give you something. <clears throat> and uh, if, if it would be all right with you, I'd like to give that to you before you do whatever you got to do. Because I, I understand I would I would die for my beliefs. And I understand you would do the same. So I'm ready to accept what I have coming. Roll a uh, persuasion with advantage. That is going to be uh, 23. 23? Um, you see she has like a little sort of almost a tear on her eye if you could call it a tear um, or an eye um, you said you're leaking 
Uh, so I've been to the doctor about it. I don't know. Um, she sort of looks at Sludge and the, the other guy that you don't know the name of and sort of nods and they sort of move away from your arms to give you a little bit of room to move. She goes, okay. Now uh, it's inside my jacket pocket, okay? I don't want you to make any do anything sudden. I'm going to reach in with my hand and I'm just going to grab it. Is that all right? Slowly. Okay. No worries, no worries. So you're acting this out, but yeah, this right. is a yeah, completely I'm, auditory yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in character, bro. The tension in here was insane as Niall reached into his own jacket pocket there. P.E. reaches into his pocket, and uh, as he as it looks like he's going into his pocket, he actually goes into the buttons to his shirt, and he reaches into his own torso, and he wraps his hand around the handgun, and he slowly brings the barrel outside of his own skin, so that not to harm himself. Your character's cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at Mikiseta, and he says, um, You're right. Sometimes we don't see the end, sometimes we don't get to see what's going to happen to us. And sometimes things just happen by accident, like, for instance, today, I forgot to wear my armour. And I pull the trigger, and the bullet goes right through my jacket. I don't have any armour on, so it goes right through, and it hits her. Roll the hat. We'll see if it hits her. <laughs> see. That's a nat 20. Roll double damage. First nat 20 as well. First combat roll to hit was a nat 20. That's insane. Let's have a little noise for the nat 20. That was the weirdest note. We all chose such bizarre noises. <laughs> I was like, well, I just hear like a little noise. <laughs> so that's 2d10. Would that count as sneak it? No, it's not sneak it. That's 17. Plus. It'd be a little bit sneak sneaky. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you sneak attack. It'd be pretty, pretty sneaky. That is 22 points of damage, and that'll be 3d6. And that is. That's two ones, so that's 28 points of damage. Fuck me. Um, you say that's lying to her. I'm going to make a roll here. She can't move out the way of this, you hit her. But before you pull the trigger, a look of realisation crosses her face as she realises what's about to happen. BANG! A hole rips through your lapel jacket as a laser fires through her chest uh, as she hits the floor. Um, you hear her groaning and moving, she's not unconscious. Um, it should do a huge amount of damage. As that happens, then you sort of stand up and the other two guys spring to attention. Uh, we cut across now. Um, sort of as everyone other than Braxton, because you're still down on the party deck. Um, you, Sam, Sky, you at this moment run into the area um, to try and find this plasmoid guy. Um, Lauren, Ro, you see all of this happen. Um, what would you guys like to do? Braxton, you hear a shot go off. Uh, I'm going to radio Ro real quick. Uh, Ro, Ro bus 9000. What was that? What was that shot? Was that you? No, shots fired. Well, I heard one, but you said it wasn't you. Orb people, slime people. Slime people. Uh, plasmoids, plasmoids. Plasmoids. <laughs> oh, plasmoid. Oh, uh, like Petey the plasmoid we're looking for? Affirmative. All right, all right, I'm coming. What's your location? 
I'm currently in a sort of Mexican wave on the dance floor. <laughs> You've been passed around. Like. <laughs> I just like run towards the the boogie balcony. You can roll me. A- you can roll me an athletics check. Um, what are you doing right now? So the captain didn't give me a name. Uh, no, they just said a, a plasmoid guy. Yeah. So I'm gonna take in the situation of oh, somebody's life was in danger. The captain said. Presumably, I was looking for either the person who just got shot or the person doing the shooting. Yeah. Uh, sort of gonna bolt over. Not quite sure of what I'm supposed to be doing, but I've got the I've got the computer chip in my hand, and I'm just gonna sort of run over to Petey and uh, Mukaseta. And be like, uh, do either of you know the captain? And um, Mucaseta is lying on the ground, sort of rolling around. She's like, a, what fucking captain? I don't know no fucking captain. Um, you do know the captain very loosely. Do I know? Should I go check to see if I know what he's going to give me? Yes, roll me a history check. Ah, that was a 10. Um, you know the captain, um, because you have the same tailor. Yeah, I know the captain. What is it? What What do you want? Uh, as you say that, uh, Sludgehammer and the other guy, I just rolled two things to hit. What's your AC? 15. 15. Uh, one of them sort of misses you as you sort of grab the little guy's hand. Sludgehammer socks you clean in the stomach with just a punch. Um, that's going to be... Thirteen points of damage. A punch. He socks you clean in the stomach. He goes. Yeah, I know the captain. I'm gonna take my pistol fully with my coat, Hmm. and I'm gonna point it at the two people, other people in the booth, Mm -hmm. and uh, sit the fuck down. Sit the fuck down, unless you want what happened to her to happen to you. Sit the fuck down. Uh, Roll me intimidation. Um, while you're rolling that, uh, Alice, you got a one there? Yeah, I got a one, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I have a zero. Much like myself, I have a zero to my flags. So. Braxton, you are fighting your way through this crowd and everyone's sort of like, ah! As they're like running, there's been a gunshot, everyone's like sort of hearing. As you're running through, you see uh, the guy you took the ID card from, the sort of like maitre d' sort of guy, like standing in a doorway with two like robotic guards. And he's sort of like scanning the crowd uh, and sees you. It starts like pointing towards you. Uh, I'm gonna try and duck behind some people and then disguise self. You duck behind some people, disguise self. What do you disguise yourself as? I'm gonna turn into the guy I stole the original ticket off of, whatever that guy's name was. Uh, Button. Ronald Button. Ronald Button. That really <laughs> pressed my memory. <laughs> well done. I know. Thank you very much, yeah. Ronald Button. Because McDonald's is round the corner and there's chocolate buttons on the table. We know um, how to eat here. Yeah, we know how to eat. Um, as you duck behind the bar. And then just like walk out nonchalantly as Ronald Button. What does Ronald Button look like? Uh, he's a big clown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, well, um, sure. He's like a human. Um, he's got um, a like sort of uh, balding uh, red hair. Um, he's probably in his thirties. A uh, slim man. That's Ronald Button. Cool. And um, you look. He looks pretty handsome. Pretty handsome guy. Uh, as you make your way, I'll let you roll another athletics check with advantage this time. That's better already. Um, I got for the advantage. Uh, that's a 12. So you find yourself uh, sort of on the top of the... Gonna make it to the stairs, clamber up, uh, just onto the lip of the boogie balcony. Right. Um, this is sort of cleared out now. You can roll me a, a, an athletics with advantage uh, roll. Um, 
just to try and get away from this sort of Mexican wave. Can I see you roll? We'll find out in a second. Mm-hmm. 19. On a 19, you don't actually need to do much to get away from this Mexican wave. As people start to dissipate from the um, gunshot, um, you're made of, you know, steel and iron. As, you know, the people <laughs> carrying you dissipate, the ones that are left are like, fuck this, and just let you down. <laughs> um, and they all run. Um, so it's now a sort of empty dance floor. The DJ's got his headphones in. He's still spinning the decks. Um, as so you going guys, down with the ship. He's going down with the ship. <laughs> like he's playing a violin. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all stand there. Um, you know, you can see us on the floor riding around. These two guys. Uh, what did you roll your intimidation now? 23. 23. Whoa. They put their hands up and they sit back down. I have a plasmoid-based question. Go on. Um, so they can generate limbs and things. Okay. Can I generate an extra, open up my shirt and generate an extra two extra limbs to hold two daggers? <sighs> Fine. <laughs> cool. I'm going to hold those two daggers to those two guys' necks and hold my gun in my other hand. You three, Roe, Sky, and Braxton get to the top here. Braxton and Roe um, I don't think we've actually said out loud here to capture Petey. Um, yeah. Our, our audience is intelligent. They'll figure They'll that work out, that right? out. As a gangster, I'm a bounty hunter. They'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I also going to say to Ro, uh, uh, it's me, Braxton. I know I look like that guy we beat up last week to steal the ticket, but it's actually me. <laughs> I like this look on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't get used to it. You guys see that? You're standing there before him having asked uh, Sky, having asked um, the plasmoids, who knows the captain? Um, you see all of you in a horrible, kind of noisy, squelchy way, two arms burst from Petey's chest, already holding knives um, to these two guys' throats. What do you guys do as you all stand here? Uh, I'm going to say, uh, Petey Akadormoid, <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah. you're under arrest. Name's Braxton Bellfire Bounty Hunter, you come with me. Don't give a fuck what your name is, huh? <laughs> Right. Uh, no, you've we already got one body here. Shut the fuck up! We can ah, shut, up. shut the fuck Jesus up! Jesus Christ! Shut the uh, fuck up! I imagine that I you can't take weapons in, right? But I've taken something to, you know, a handcuffs of sorts. Yeah, yeah I'd say. And uh, he's a plasmoid, and I know that, so I'm prepped for that. So I'll have some sort of. Oh, you know what? I've got, I've got, I've got ensnaring strike. I'm gonna ensnaring strike him to try and capture him in. Yep. Cool. Uh, what's that? A saving throw? It's a roll to hit. Um, so I rolled a 21 um, to hit. And I think there is a saving throw, so I'm just going to double check, though. Um, so the, the, it will hit, uh, firstly. Will I be able to sneak my, like, I couldn't probably see my full sniper rifle in, but, like, would I be able to sneak anything in? You can roll me a slate of hand Firmier. to see if you'd sneak yeah. in uh, snuck in. 12. 12. Um, you were able to sneak in uh, like the equivalent of like a derringer, like a little right. tiny pistol. Um, D4 damage. Yeah, like a D4 damage, okay, but so it's ranged. It's a strength saving throw for you now um, for ensnaring strike. And Plasmoids are very dexterous, not very strong. Speak for yourself, Sledgehammer just sobs you. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I did seven points of damage to you. That's a five, so. The saving throw is a five, yeah, you're ensnared, my brother. Um, you, how does that manifest? So it's like a little special bullet that I put in my derringer. I go, pew, fire at you, and it's like a, a energy cage appears around you and uh, pulls you in. Like the, because your goo, we'll say it's like, for this specific instance, looks like a messenger. Um, <laughs> there is like a jar. The fuck is this? 
I'd be like, roll, get him. That's very aesthetic of you, <laughs> Mason Jar. Um, you guy, you put him in the jar, <laughs> put the goo in the jar. Um, as you guys kind of move forward, um, what are you doing right now, Sky? I'd be very confused by this whole situation. Like, so it's just, uh, I'm like, whoa, 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 this is above my pay grade. But uh, wait, hang on, a sec, hang on a sec. What authority do you guys have to be here? Like, this is this is our boat. I will give you 400 credits right now if you hit this motherfucker. Hit Son, him. I'm a bounty hunter. This is an international gangster. We're 800 credits. Do you have the authority to be on uh, multiple planets? 1,200 I'll, I'll credits. Pull out, I'll pull out my real identification and I'll pull out warrants uh, for, I'm assuming, many, many crimes that Nyland's character, uh, PT, has committed. Those could be fake. Son, listen here, this is fake real- Fake news, little man, it's fake news. Who do you trust, me or the man who just shot somebody in front of you that had so daggers nice. to had daggers to the throats of two others? Guys, I don't know, the creepy captain asked me to, like, come over here and give somebody this microchip. There's a big bounty on this here, son, you look like a strong lad. How about you help bro carry the jar to the ship? We'll get out of here. I'm gonna look him dead in the eye and say, If you help these motherfuckers right here, Sure. You might feel good for a few days. You might feel happy. You might think, oh, I've done a good thing. Huh? I've done a good thing. I captured a bad guy. But then one night you're going to be sleeping. It might not be tomorrow night. It might not be next year. And you never know. But at some point, you're going to hear the clip clop a hamster feet coming up the street. <laughs> they wear shoes, special shoes, to protect the little paws. Nah. In the back of that hamster will either be me or one of my com- comrades. They're going to fuck you up, little kid. They're going to fuck you up. So, what's it going to be? You're going to help out the big scary man? Or you're going to help out me, the poor little plasmoid? Are you going to drop, drop my disguise self? This is who I really am. This is my identification. Oh my god! <laughs> you want, oh my god, that's a whole new person. Do you want 5,000 credits and also to feel like a big man? <laughs> you scared of hamster? Pussy? Show me the way. Show me the way to the fucking escape pods right now, son. Help me out here. I wish I'd never sat in that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> As you say that, um, Sludgehammer and the other guy have sort of made their way across to Mucaseta. Um, she's on her feet now. Slut hot. She's got a gun in her hand. Slut. Nobody fucking move. Nobody does anything. All right. She points the gun sort of between you all. Wait, 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 wait. This is going to sound weird, but the captain said it weird. Daddy Orion still has his belt. The fuck? Daddy Orion still has his belt? Who the fuck is Daddy Orion? Kid, kid, Oh, wait, it was you. It was me. Daddy Orion still has his belt. Holy shit. I'm going to kill this kid. I'm going to fucking kill this kid. Hey, you kill that kid, I'll kill you again, Mukaseta. You didn't kill me the first time. I'll I'll kill you now. Bro, take out Mukaseta. Oh, back up, back up. I don't. I put no gangster voice there by accident. Can I say it again? <laughs> yeah, sure. Bro, take out Mukasita. <laughs> you turn the face hard, um, as we're in this sort of like standoff. Is there anything anyone would like to do here? I hold up my fingers like guns because <laughs> I don't have any weapons on me, and I'm just like. I suppose in this universe where magic exists, that's a bit of a whoa, hey yo, <laughs> hey, hey, yo, take it easy. <laughs> What's this kid gonna do? <laughs> oh no, wait, I've, I've got my mop as well, so I've got one finger mm. gun and one mop. Oh, all right, so take it easy now. You know the right thing to do. You look like a good kid. You don't want to be getting messed up with these lacks. Could I investigate the jar to, oh, like the, to see if there's any small one-inch spaces that I might be able to escape from? You can give me an investigation opposed by Alex's uh, arcana, by Braxton's uh, arcana. <sighs> Fuck. 
That is uh, 18. Two. <laughs> um, you, um, you've, you know, been caught off guard here. Your sort of spell, your sort of special ammunition. It's not as good as it could have been, and there is a small sort of crack in the lid of the jar, about an inch. Um, I'm going to look at the young book. So I, I never caught your name. I haven't. I'm just. What's your, what's your name, kid? Sky. Sky. Are you Daddy Orion? I'm not Daddy Orion. I'm Petey the Plasmoid. I can do a lot of good for you. Oh, that bullet! It's done something to me. I don't feel right. I'm gonna to start to turn into the ooze. That like my, my natural state. You killed me! Oh, I'm turning into ooze. Well, it was an elaborate dead contract, so that's all right. Bro, pick up the jar. Let's get out of here. I'm gonna to start to slip through the crack after I've abandoned my clothes and all of my weapons. <laughs> Slowly. Normally, I'd dexterity check to see how fast that you can squeeze. Because it says that plasmoids can squeeze through one inch gaps. Doesn't see how quickly they do it. And if it's a sort of like a. <laughs> Thirteen. Um, you know, plasmoid Christmas has just been. You know, you've not really been calorie counting much this season. You're not as thin as you once were, even in you know your mass. I suppose isn't as much. So this is a squeeze. It's taking some time here. I, I've, I've drank a lot of of uh, ooze juice, whatever it's called. Ouzo. Ouzo. So I'm quite dehydrated. So I'm not moving as fluidly as I normally would. So, yeah, it's going to take a wee while. You guys watch, you see, very obviously, he's trying to squeeze out of here. Um. <laughs> I can't, like, turn the jar just, like, upside down. <laughs> <laughs> you turn the jar it. upside down. You close the lid and just turn it upside down. <laughs> and it negates that. Um, Alright, I'm going to... need to do something to... Right, I'm going to cast my spiritual weapon. Uh-huh. Um, my spiritual weapon appears and it's like a little hologram version of me. Uh, this is how I would normally appear. I've got sort of... Um, uh, piecemeal, slightly worn out uh, space armor on. Um, I've got some like goggles on my head. I've got a big cigar in my mouth. This is the, in the hologram version. And a large like sniper rifle mm-hmm. over my shoulder. And I'm going to use that um, uh, spiritual weapon to use the butt of the rifle to smack uh, Musketa. Mucaseta. Mucaseta. Uh, roll, is that a saving throw for me? Is that a hat? It's a two hit. Um, so that is plus... That's not great. It's a 10 to hit. Uh, 10 does not hit. Um, as you sort of make this appear, it's one of those like janky, like old holograms, uh, sort of first generation holograms. You've not got that updated right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as it sort of flickers as it comes on and she just sort of steps back. Yeah. Now you watch out for that, boy. I'm going to fucking kill this guy. I'm going <laughs> to kill him. Um, as she says that and as you do your little hologram, Braxton... Um, do your little hologram. That's so good. I should do your little hologram. <laughs> um, you hear crackling in your ear again, and that uh, earpiece, um, and you hear it as well this time. As you sort of feel it a little bit, it cuts out, and you both hear um, Braxton and Roe. <laughs> <laughs> cuts away again. Alright, I'm... Bro, pick up the jar. We're getting out of here. I, I, this place is freaking me out. You, kid, just show me where this rifle... Or show me these, uh, where these escape pods are. And there's money in it for wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. I will come with you willingly. I will do whatever you ask. Just please. Please, but we get my hamster in the way out. Please. I'm a fair man. 
Go get your hamster. Where is it? In the cargo bay. All right. You want to show us to the cargo bay and then uh, to the escape pods, kid? Heck yeah, I'm in for the right now. <laughs> I love hamsters. Oh, you're going to love Carmen. Carmen, is, she got the nicest coat. She's so nice. You know, you get these horses and they're not quite that comfortable because they're, they're skinny. Okay, I feel like we don't have time for this. Let's go. <laughs> as, you, as you... The party comes together so naturally, so on floor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you guys sort of go to move, you can say I sort of draws a gun again and stand in front of you. Oh, yeah, you. Fuck. You <laughs> feel the ship slightly lurch and then a deep echoing impact reverberates through all of the decks sending people flying uh, in all directions glasses crack and screams echo once again from the party hall Uh, I need every one of you to roll me a dexterity saving throw Niall with disadvantage because you're in a jar (laughs) 10 10 Five. Sixteen. Unlucky thirteen. Unlucky thirteen. Anyone that got under ten, uh, you're just prone. You don't take any damage, but you're prone uh, right now. You're just flung onto your back sort of thing. Uh, all of the other Ooze people managed to stay standing. They're sort of, whoa! What the fuck was that? Um, as all of the lights pop, sending you spiralling into darkness as the floor below you seems to tilt and move. There's about a split second here before the emergency lights come on. Everyone can do one thing if they like in the darkness. Everyone can do one thing in the dark. <laughs> is, um, is this... Are you prone? No. Roe is prone. Yeah. Roe is prone. Roe is the one that had you, to be fair. Yeah, you're probably on the floor now. So am I just rolling on the floor of my jar? Yes. <laughs> uh, I would like to cast Mage Hand and try and grab the jar before it rolls away. You cast Mage Hand and try it. Uh, I'd say roll me a slight handshake with advantage. Ooh, is the shit like tilted now? Um, it's tilting. It's like still quite, you know, sturdy. It's not. Ooh, lovely. Uh, what was that? Slight of hand? Uh, yeah. 22. 22, you're easily able to quickly, um, it's sort of rolling towards you, you mage hand and like stop it almost like with, as if you're using the force, but not. Um, you stop the jar from moving. Um, with the ringing sound of a klaxon, does anyone else want to do anything? Can I try and run in the jar like a hamster would and see if I can run away? You need to take your form again, but yes. Um, you take your form again. I'll, I'll bundle up all of my clothes in like a pile. I'm now, I'm now in naked plasmoid form in all of his glory. I would say, you know, in the, it's a split second, all of this. You bundle your clothes up and turn into a naked plasmoid man and then, you know, that's it, the lights come on. <laughs> uh, what about uh, for Roe and Braxton? Can I do anything while prone? Um, you can get up or you can like shout things or like I... do stuff from the ground. I'll reach to try and grab Rose and stop her falling. Yeah, you grab Rose's hand, Braxton. Do you want to do anything while you're down there? Say anything. Um, nice save. <laughs> <laughs> As you steady yourself, you grab onto Rose. Um, with the sort of ringing of a, a klaxon alarm, the entire ship is bathed in red light, sort of red emergency light. Um, it's hard to sort of see and sort of 
you know, process what's going on. Um, you know, there's panic all around. People sort of stampeding, pushing, trampling, desperately trying uh, to reach where they imagine to be safe. Um, anyone can roll me a perception check right now. The DC is 10. Uh, I got a 16. 21. I got 19. So everyone got over 10 there. Fabulous. You all turn like something out of a fucking comic book movie um, towards the towards the window, towards the large viewing area. And then you see it. Uh, your mind, everything around you goes quiet. The screams and the panic muted by silence. Tentacles. Tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that. That's just that. <laughs> Black and gargantuan tentacles large enough to wrap a whole moon easily in their grasp, writhing from the inside of the river itself and then out towards the eclipse, the ship that you are on. With the boom of a large explosion and the crunch of metal you understand that this thing has grabbed the ship and you see the storm at the edge of the world growing closer and closer you feel the whole floor below you begin to tilt as the force from the tentacles uh, starts flipping the ship onto its side what do you do? we gotta get out of here look I've got a blue pass I'm willing to save your life if you come with me alright? Listen, this is bigger than you and me now. There's a, there's a big tentacle monster outside. I need to get to my hamster. You need to let me out of this cage. I promise you, there's no other way off this ship other than with you, my friend. So let me out of this cage, out of this jar, and I promise you, me and Carmen, we're going to come to you. Please. Please. Um, I feel like I don't really have another option because like, I don't, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that would leave him in the cage to die on the ship. And I just have to trust that you're going to come with me. So I um, I drop my um, sneering strike and lay you out of the jar. As I'm putting back on my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta cover my shame! <laughs> and I'm like, come on guys, this way to the cargo hold. God, he's so plucky. Mukaseta's <laughs> <laughs> still nearby. Mukaseta's still nearby. She's sort of like, what the fuck is going on? Not really grasping anything. Um, I'm going to start to head towards the cargo bay wherever you just pointed and I'm just going to turn and try and fire a shot at her as I go um, you turn at that last second to fire the shot as you all start moving um, the ship sort of reaches the apex of its turn as the sort of field of gravity it was in loosens and you just feel it all flip on its side as what was the wall across from you and the big glass panel becomes the floor and you all begin to fall. I need all of you to give me three dexterity saving throws each. As in, like, so there's gravity on the ship, and we were like falling as if the side of the ship is down. Yeah, as if what was the big sort of viewing window is now where the floor would be as it flips on its side. I got a 14, a 13, and an 8. 14, a 13, and an 8. I'll let you know what happens there. A 20, a, du- a natural, tw- a dirty 20, a 22, and a 13. Cool. 7, 16, and 9. Cool. 16, 17, 19. 
16, 17, 19. Are you still in the jar, Niall? No, I let him out. You're, you're out of the jar, okay. That's good that you did that, because I was going to pose disadvantage if he was in the jar. Um, so you, two of yours were under 10 there. There was a 9 and a 6 in there, the row, if I'm correct. Yeah, cool. So here's what happens. The ship flips over. Um, you, uh, Petey, you're good. You're you know, I'd say you're sticky almost. Um, you flatten yourself. You know those like little dudes you get that you'd like slap them off walls. You know those. Yeah. Like one of them, you like slap yourself into what like, is now the what was the floor. You know those like a- alien egg things you got. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like I that. used to chuck them on my ceiling when I was a kid and just let them stick there. <laughs> I have no idea why my parents let me get away with that. I used to. Um, do you ever do the thing if you thought you could uh, like make a chit like a baby one? Yeah, yeah. Like you convinced yourself you did. It's yeah. just like a piece of fucking goo. Yeah, it's like not a thing. Um, you slap yourself to the thing. You're able to sort of you're sliding down it, but you're secure. Um, Braxton, you're kind of you know cool Indiana Jonesy, Batmany. I'd say you're like. You're falling, you maybe grab onto a railing or something, you're like hanging there, like one arm off, like I'm too old for this shit. Something <laughs> cool like that. Um Sky, um something from your training sort of rings through with some high rolls there as your you janitor training. Your janitor training. <laughs> as you take the mop and you like jam it into something, they're able to like swing round it and find like a really sort of firm footing. Um sort of on like what would have been a bar that's now flipped up, so it's sort of just like a platform. Which you find sort of a good way to stand there. Um, Ro, um, you are, you know, you're a robot. You're quite stiff um, and you're, you know, heavier than most in that sense. As soon as the ship turns, you tumble down. You try to dig your robot arms in to the the, the floor as you hear, as you scrape down the metal and then nothing. Your arms grab nothing as you tumble down over what was the party floor and onto the glass. The glass isn't up to code. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if I planned it, baby! <laughs> as you smack onto the glass, you don't go through it. You sort of, your eyes readjust. As they adjust. You look up and it's sort of confusing because it's like, everything's like on its side. Um, and you just hear in your ear as you look to see the, the glass below you slowly cracking. Uh, what would everyone like to do? I'm going to make some rolls for Mucaseta and the gang. Mucaseta and the gang all make it. They all uh, are able to stabilize. You actually see them. You take a second and all sort of look around and get your bearings. And you see them uh, sort of just disappearing through a door. Um, sort of into one of the kind of hallways throughout the ship. Um, that, fuck you! <laughs> um, you, uh, Sky, recognise that as the way you guys need to go. Oh, guys, we, we, they're going to be as to the cargo hold. We, we gotta, gotta get Ro. Escape pods. We, we gotta get Ro. She's yeah. down there. I can get myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to cast Misty Step um, 30 feet or something. Yeah. So just the within... 30 feet, whatever surface is like Within standable or reachable. 30 feet, a surface that's standable. You can misty step to one of the upturned sort of bars um, that's it's still on that floor. Um, you, <laughs> you get up there, you're about 30 feet up. 
So the door that you all need to get to is about on the wall at the far side is about 70 foot up from where the ground is. Um, obviously, it's like on its side and stuff. Um, and it's, you know, why would there be a walkway to it when everything's on its side? It's just sort of floating in that sort of space, you know what I mean? Like, there's no discernible way to climb through that. Um, you're all sort of stable, but you do still hear the grass, uh, the grass, the glass uh, cracking uh, below you. Uh, what would you like to do? If the glass cracks, we're in, for lack of a better word, space. What happens when the glass cracks? Atmospheric decompression. Just what Niall said there, yeah, atmospheric decompression. You would uh, most likely be sucked out. Hmm. Guys, we we we, we got to go now. We've got to go now. Glass is going to crack. Yeah, how is it? Sure. Yeah, I'd like to try and make a, you know... Whatever the easiest route is to get there, climbing on things like doing that cool. kind of shit. Um, as you're doing that, uh, Braxton, can you roll me a perception check? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eighteen. Um, you're sort of looking around for the best way to kind of climb over to this door. Um, you see hanging from a cable by the ankle, um, unconscious but murmuring, the Tabaxi waitress earlier. Um, not in the direction of the door, in the opposite direction. I'm I'm gonna go to her first. You're gonna try and save her. Yeah. You Typical can... man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a hero, kid. We gotta get out of here. Um, what I'm gonna do right now, um, for the sake of this, because this is sort of timed. If everyone rolls me initiative, uh, and we'll enter combat here. Uh, is this gonna be like a athleticsy thing or a dexterity thing? This most, most um, of this. It depends how you want to traverse it because it could be probably mostly athletics. Okay, I'm going to give myself, I'm going to cast Enhance Ability on myself um, so that I've got the advantage on strength checks thing. I, the dexterity I rolled was a 26. Cool. How the fuck did I get that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I suppose it says on my sheet. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm a good stalker. Yeah, never mind. 26. Um, what's everyone's um, initiative? 15? 18? Do you add on um, uh, yeah, the athletic? Yeah, the top middle there. Oh, okay. Uh, Mine was 26. Oh. 16. 16, so that would be you to act first. I'll try and sort of um, climb and swing towards the uh, tabaxi woman. You sort of try and climb and swing a bit towards there. Did you do a athletics check for that? No. If you okay. give me an athletics check. Um, that's 17. 17. Uh, you're able to swing across to her, um, sort of using the railings of the boogie balcony, like monkey bars. Um, you get across to her, she's like hanging upside down, and you're like hanging uh, in front of her. She's unconscious, but she seems stable. Uh, what you try to do, you try to just like sling her over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I'd rather Ro carried her, <laughs> she's a lot stronger than me, but I don't know how close Ro is to me. Ro is, you know. 80 feet, almost directly below where the woman is. All right, Ro. <laughs> We've done this countless times. <laughs> it's the old woman drop. <laughs> <laughs> oldest game in the... Oldest trick in the game. Um, I'm confused. Why are you dropping her? To- so you can catch her because you, you, I have a zero. But what are we going to do with her? You're going to carry her. To where? To the... To the to safety. To the boogie balcony. <laughs> yeah, to the boogie yeah. balcony. We're saving her. Yeah, yeah, we like this woman. Um, yeah, who's after? Are you after me in the initiative order? Is it? Uh, 16. 
Uh, someone had 18, Niall had 18, so it's Niall, and then it's you, then it's... Right. Um, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going uh, to cast Guidance on the Tabaxi woman, so that if she needs to make some sort of check, she has the D4 to help her. Um, and then... Whew, she cut, she's, like, tied to something. Are you just, like, untangling her? Or are you, like, cutting the rope? I'm going to, like... I'll, I'll I'll reach down as far as I can to drop. You know, like I'm not just gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> that's women. Yeah, it's gonna help. That's uh, that's woman starts to sort of rouse, and as you're doing this, and she's like, "You're here to save me." As she looks up and sees you untying <laughs> her leg from the woman. Uh, trust me, this will work. Me and Ro, we've done this countless times. It's the old woman drop. The what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the other side. A cascade, ah! cast guidance uh, for her dexterity or whatever. You like go faster. We'll, we'll, we'll conclude what happened there when it comes to your turn. At the start of your turn, it won't cost you like an action or anything. Um, so next in the initiative, uh, I believe, was PT. I'm going to sprint towards the door, but first I'm going to grab you and shake you and say, which way did the cargo hold? Answer me, kid, which way? That away, mister. Thank you very much. I'm going to sprint. Um, you're not on, like, floor. You're, like, plastered to, like, what is a vertical wall right now. There's no floor beneath you to run Where on. Where is the... They still have 30 feet of movement speed if I was to flip, flip. Um, I will say, roll me uh, an athletics check and we'll go from there. Ten. A ten. You, you have half your movement speed doing it. Can I drop, then, to where there's... Where's the nearest floor? About 40 feet below you, there's a small outcrop of what was like, um, like a little pillar. I am gooey. <laughs> Stay in the obvious. So true. <laughs> so true, King. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and drop, because I feel like if, if I can, even if I take some damage, it means I'm going to be able to run. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and drop onto the pillar. So that's, what did I say, 40 feet? So you just let yourself fall. Okay, you're going to get whatever the damage is. I think it's like 4d6 or something, 3d6. Everything over 10 foot is a d6. You're getting 3d6 damage, why not? Because gravity. Um, 12 damage you take as you... <laughs> you're taking a fucking beating, bro. Um, as you land on this pillar... Um, do you have any action, bonus action you'd like to take? Um, I don't think there's anything else I can really do. You are you are closer to the door. Can't, do I have any movement left? You're about 30 feet. It's about a 30 feet like, just straight jump to the door. Can I try it? You can try it. Roll me an athletics check. Can it be dexterity? Can I... Find <laughs> a nimble leap. <laughs> Can I? Um... You roll me a dexterity check of any kind you would like, and I will tell you what happens. Ten. You coil your goo legs into springs, <laughs> um, and as you do that, you sort of realise the torque that requires as you then spin back the other way, um, and. You don't fall off the pillar, but you're like you trip in there and they're like hanging on to it. Um, and that sort of wastes your movement there. Um cool, it's then gonna be Rose turn. I'm gonna catch this lady. Um <laughs> if I must. Like sort of reach out, try and sling her onto my back, I guess. I assume Gary Gygax never put in like a mechanic for like catching falling women. Um <laughs> What role would this be? 
I'm inclined for like sleight of hand almost. That's not sleight. Yeah, of strength. <laughs> we'll give you a strength check. You're quite strong. We'll oh, give yeah, you a strength yeah. check. This woman's falling maybe like 80 feet. Something like that, don't you? She's hitting terminal velocity. Uh, 78 feet. I, d- I dropped it down a little bit. <laughs> 78 feet. She's hitting like terminal velocity as she's going down as you reach out your, you know, thick metal arms. Um, as you, you catch her um, and the kind of sickening crunch that comes with her. <laughs> Um, and the silence afterwards as she lies limp in your arms. Whoa. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should up on that. I'm just going to toss her over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> you hear another crack as she oh, has the glass. Cold. <laughs> Can't say we didn't try. <laughs> waste not, one not. <laughs> you didn't waste not, one not. You threw her away. <laughs> what would you mean by that statement otherwise? She was dead. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn other than murder and innocent? Um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> um, probably... Oh, I don't know. Um, can I, is there... Well, no, I can't really take it back. You can, She's you gone can now. <laughs> roll me a perception check if you like. That's just seven. You reckon looking around, you know, everything else is made here of, like, metal almost, but it's of a cheaper inferior metal to that which you are made of. You didn't just through brute force, you could claw your way up to this door along the wall. On a seven, you do sort of notice though um, some sort of teetering up the top uh, the the boogie balcony. You don't quite see really get a glimpse of what it is. It's sort of, uh, something's going on with you know the large speaker that you'd seen the engineer moving earlier. Um, Chekhov speaker. Um <laughs> You see that sort of teetering uh, up there. Um, but you don't know on a seven. And there's no other, like, route? The the clearest route for you and the quickest route would be just to, like, sheerly just dig your hands into the wall and climb. Yeah, I'll just start climbing. Cool, roll me a strength check. Nineteen. Nineteen. You get, like, the majority of the way to the door. You get your full movement to the door. Um, so you're about, what's your movement? 30? Um, 30, I can see it if you hear, yeah, 30 feet. So you get, um, you're about 20 feet away from the door right now uh, as you get up there. Um, is there anything you'd like to shout to anyone? Anything you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to do? Well, where, whereabouts is everyone at this point? Is people below me? Um, no one is below you currently. You are the closest to the door, but no one is below you. So... But they're on like the other side. They're all sort of yeah, further further back along the room than you. So there's no way I can like pick people up on my way. What you could do, in fact, I will say you could have picked um, PT up on your way. Most likely, he's sort of in your direction. You could have picked him up. <laughs> I'll attempt to pick PT up then. You, um, I'm not going to make you roll for that. Pete's like gooey. He's Pete, flubber. Yeah. Yeah, he's like flubber. He's like sticky and like <laughs> awful to the touch. Just <laughs> stick him onto myself. Really, if anyone was to touch him, it would probably best be in you since you don't have like touch receptors or skin. You know? <laughs> he like slings over you as you climb across. Both of you now are about 20 feet away um, from the, the door, um, bringing you like 10 feet closer, Pete. Um, it's then going to be Sky's turn. 
So obviously horrified by the the, the, the old drop the lumen uh, trick. It usually works. That was one of <laughs> that was one of our best yet. Um, but there's only but Casey, but there's only one door out of this place, and we're all heading generally towards it. Yeah? Yes. Right. Uh, quickest way that I can get there. What is it? Um, normal perception. Okay. Seventeen. You could get there, you know, with in this turn movement to spare. You could get there in like fifteen feet of movement, but you'd have to jump on uh, the large speaker on the boogie balcony where you currently are, which you can see from your angle is hanging by a singular cable plugged into the back of it. This thing's huge, weighs maybe over a ton, um, and it would drop to the glass maybe if you weren't light footed enough jumping across it. Is there a way I can stop it falling? Oh. I'm need some sweeties while you uh, deliberate on that. Sweetie time. This podcast is sponsored by the jar of sweeties sitting beside me. So I would have to <laughs> run across and leap off of it to another platform and then like... Basically you're like at the angle, you're like above it, sort of like diagonally above the door. Um, you could walk forward along your platform jump onto this speaker and then it would just be a drop down onto the thing or you could try and jump from here but it would be a high it'd be about a dc 18 to try and make the jump right uh i am just gonna go for the jump but i don't want to cause our our lives to be sucked out in space i'm just gonna go for the big jump uh roll me an athletics check dc's 18 i cast feather from cast feather (laughs) you jump you uh, immediately trip over your mop as you go to jump over the tail of your mop uh, and start tumbling. You cast Featherfall. You're now falling very slowly. Um, I'm going to say, you probably have the ability to grab onto something if you want. I know you've used your reaction. I just, like, guide myself out on my way down. I say you, I say at the speed you've cast Featherfall, you could probably grab, um, you could probably grab uh, Lauren's character's leg as you fall. All right, yeah, all right. I'm holding on to your leg. You <clears throat> grab on. You're just holding everyone up right now. Um, you roll. should feel lucky. A lot of people have told me I am the best ride of their life. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're telling me, honey. <laughs> um, hold on for dear life. Hold on for dear life. Cool. Uh, that brings us back to the top of the initiative. Um, Braxton. Hi. Hello. It's your turn. It's my turn. Uh, well, I've killed that woman, so... <laughs> Job done, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna pelt it towards uh, that open doorway as, as well as I can. Cool. Roll me an athletic sick. Natural twenty. Natural twenty. You make it clean to the door on a nat twenty. You make it to the door. Um, you sort of use Rose's head as a stepping stone. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna do the old stepping stone head. <laughs> so boom, boom, jump across. Um, as you reach there, you look up as you hear a creak and see the speaker has come loose and it dangles directly above uh, you three guys as it's about to collapse. Um, I'm going to turn on it, load in, like I pull out a bullet, a brightly shining, like a bright shining bullet, load it into my gun and then <laughs> fire at the speaker. Uh, it's a guiding bolt and it's a, I don't know if the speaker has an armor class, but it's like a 21 to hit. And Guiding Bolt does this much damage, I believe. Um, 
It's at least six damage, but I think it does more than that. Uh, but it's also no glowing, if that helps. Oh. Yeah. Uh, four or five. Uh, nine damage. Nine damage. Um, you you guys all look up. Uh, everyone other than Braxton's you're hanging there and just see this speaker. <coughs> as it begins to just tumble down and fall towards you uh, as you inhale. <sighs> you quickly load your gun, fire as this beam uh, of energy fires from your gun and shoots a, a perfect hole through the centre of the speaker. Uh, just wide enough for all of you to fit through as the speaker <laughs> tumbles and <laughs> falls beside you and lands on the glass pane. See, we're all celebrating. Nah. We're all celebrating. I'm going to roll some damage here. The speaker, uh, not the speaker, the glass has 30 hit points left after all that's happened. Um, the speaker is falling from a height of, well, I think that was like 80 feet, I'd said. So that's going to be a lot of D6s here. Um, it's going to be 7d6. If I get less than 30, it's possible. It's not probable. Um, if I get more than 30, the glass cracks and the vacuum of space sucks you out of your death. And that's the end of the campaign, everyone. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in. Uh... <laughs> so, I have rolled our 7d6s. Um, I made everyone leave and go into another room because it's dramatic. <laughs> Such a blatant lie. Um, the thing they had to, the thing they didn't want to happen was uh, thirty you remember damage. Remember, happened ten seconds ago for the audience. Yeah, thirty <laughs> damage being hit. I have rolled. Drum roll, please. Twenty-five please. damage. Yay. As you hear, <laughs> as splinters and cracks go across the full panel of glass, but it does not break as you're all sort of able to climb now into the um, that room and shut the door into the, the hallway as you all make it, and we're out of initiative. What are we doing now? Um, so, uh, uh, what was your name, son? And I look over at uh, Sam's character. Uh, and I, like, sort of adopt a little bit more of a, a stance of, like, oh, time, time to make him impression, time mm. to impress. And I go, uh, Tracker Skyway, but you can call me Sky. Trucker Skyway, but Tra- I... No, Tracker. Tracker? No, it's It's Tracker, like, Tracker, not Trucker. Okay, Tracker, like, with an A, okay. Oh, uh, tracker Skyway, but I can call you Sky. Yeah. All right. Not uh, Trucker, that would... Okay, not Trucker. Never mind. And I, I look really, like, disappointed with, like, well, how this first moment of, like, thing has gone. Ship's gonna blow up. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, where's the cargo? Let's uh, let's go there. You all start sort of gunning it down. Uh, what are now like sideways hallways? Um, sort of <laughs> fiery explosions rattle uh, your bones and also like limp corpses that are just below your feet. Um, sort of charred and hit by debris, and some of them like trampled uh, as that sort of tests your balance. Um, a lot of the main passages have been sealed off via like. Debris or like security protocols. However, Sam, uh, Sky, you know this place almost like the back of your hand, having worked here for three days, uh, and feel like you could probably lead the group. What I'm going to ask you to do is roll a survival check with advantage that everyone's fate rests upon. With advantage, <laughs> this is where like during character creation, I'm put is, like... my hand on a uh, on uh, Sky's shoulder and say, uh, "It's okay, son." You got this. You know the way. And I'll give you guidance as well. 
So you can add a d4 if you need to. Add that d4. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to help much. Good. 4 plus 3 plus 1 is 8. 8. You round a corner, and in front of you, uh, there's a big sort of um, kind of clown-looking guy with a huge bag, and poof, something blows up behind him and he trips, and loads of marbles fall out of the bag <laughs> <laughs> onto the ground. He goes, whoa! Is it, uh, is it Ronald Buttons? <laughs> yeah, it's the real Ronald, but you remember him as the guy that you beat up that time. Um, oh, wait a minute, I know you! I ain't got time for this, Ronald! <laughs> um, you try to run by. Everyone can roll me a uh, dexterity saving throw to try and get over the marbles on the ground. 19. 19. Easy. You jump over all of them. 26. 24. What do I add on to that? Uh, Dexterity. Uh, 14. 14. So you guys all, like, very, very nimbly, like, jump around and, like, move your body. You just stamp on them. You just, like, crush the marbles <laughs> and, like, walk across them. Um, as Ronald Buttons goes, My marbles! Um, uh, the lock of the small cramped uh, escape vessel um, sort of area engages and you run into that that sort of room um, there is um, you know flaming ruin and bodies lying all around it seems that people have actually in here um, as you look at them have been like murdering each other to get onto a pod safely these are all like you know mostly criminals and politicians they're fairly self-serving people um, through a crack in one of the walls you see part of the sort of tentacle beast um, seeping through um, it's made for a moment as you see not of like a singular flesh but of like you're still laughing about this was funny Lauren what's funny what's funny Lauren <laughs> my head just keeps being like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah have... but back to the scary technical beast Sorry, yeah. Ah, it's not scary anymore. You see a fucking technical beast that looks like Elvis. Laugh um, it up. Laugh it up. Um, yeah, rather than it being sort of made of like one sort of flesh and skin, you see it's made of thousands of tiny like black worm-like parasites. Um, and you know, without time to hugely stop for a second as you run through, you do get a glimpse that the slowly the falling off of the tentacle and almost crawling towards the bodies um, as you all sort of start to run. Is there a pod left? Um, at the end of the room, it appears that there is conveniently a single escape pod left. Hey, nice. Um, is there anything you'd like to do before you just gun it to the pod? Yeah, can I try and look to see if there's any trace of where my cassette went? Like, I'm, I'm assuming she would have been leaking some ooze. Uh, roll me a, a perception check or investigation, whatever you prefer. Can I ask as well, is this where the cloak room is where our weapons and stuff are? Uh, yes. I'd like to get my rifle and my armour. And... You get your rifle and your armour and stuff. I'd want to grab my stuff too. You all grab your things. I, do I grab Carmen, my giant arm stuff? What did you roll on investigation? Uh, Dr. 20. You see a trail of um, ooze, of goo, um, little drops heading into the cloakroom area, into the cargo bay. As everyone's looting their stuff, you kind of get your things together and you head over to Carmen's sort of box, cage, and find it's already open and empty. Josh. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Niall loves two things in this world, horses and hamsters. 
And when he found out the plasmoids rode hamsters like horses, it touched something deep in his soul. Josh doing this is breaking Niall's heart. Can I do another investigation check to see if there is another hamster? Roll me investigation, but would it be the same? It won't be the same. It won't be common, but... That's a 25. On a 25? No. There is no other hamsters, and it appears that Nukaseta has done something with Carmen. Carmen? You motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. Okay. Carmen! Carmen! I break down. You say you're coming? <laughs> We're all getting on the ship. Are you coming or not? You start gunning it towards the pod um, as you're all sort of getting ready to enter. Um, both Ro and uh, Petey, you guys, um, Braxton and Sky, you both run into the pod and sort of try to get that started and sort of get that, uh, the systems online. Um, Ro and Petey, as you're climbing in, you hear a... Ugh. Ugh. And turn to see... Um, just off the corner of the cargo hold, um, what looks like the face of Sludgehammer, buried beside uh, a huge bust crate that just says industrial sand on it, uh, as all the sand has dried up pretty much all of his body, Barry's face, as he lies there. Can I walk over to him? You walk over to him. Hey, Sludge. Hmm? What did Mukasera do with Carmen? Sludge, I need you to focus here. I'm going to pick up a handful of sand. <laughs> Damn, Sludge. Don't fuck with my hamster, man. Right. Sludge, I can do this quickly, very, very slowly, or I can let these evil little parasite creatures... See these little things over here? Yeah, you see them. I want you to try and use your mouth and talk. Talk to me. Okay, I know you can do it. Where... Yukaseta take Carmen. He looks you dead in the eye. And you see him gather what little strength he has left and what is only a face left of his goo. He goes. Is, I'm gonna drop the sand from his face and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> the sand just dries the remainder of his face. Dissipates and is gone. If you're done torturing people while you're on this ship, remember you're still under arrest. Yeah, sure, let's go. You all clamber onto the ship as the door closes with a hiss. Uh, the lock of the sort of small cramped escape vessel engages, and for a moment you are plunged into hot and silent darkness. The smell of smoke and blood fills your nostrils as you hold your breath now and wait. <laughs> Like a ball from a cannon, you're jettisoned from the ship into the cold reaches of space, but something isn't right. As the sort of viewfinder engages and the windows clear, you see before you not the welcoming darkness of space, not stars, not even the wreckage of the eclipse far behind you, but a writhing green and purple torrent of cosmic energy. Comets fly all around, battering all sides of your little ship, sending you all spinning and hurtling in circles. Bolts of lightning 
flying past. As you look out, it does not look like you are floating, but falling at an increasingly high speed as sort of flames burst from the windows and everything becomes more of a, a sort of blur. Very quickly, you all realise that you are in the river and you're at the mercy of the unknown. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to find out what happens next in the Lonely Cosmos, tune in in two weeks' time. We'll see you then.